Hunter Green spins a gem in his final start of 2022, denying the Cincinnati Reds the record for losses in a season as the loss total remains at 99. Is the 2023 outfield already on the roster for the Cincinnati Reds? We will dig into who might stay and who might go. And Alexis Diaz has done something this season for the Reds that hasn't been done in baseball in 30 years. We've got all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, and we've turned an addiction to this team into information for you. Thanks for joining us here on the Locked On Reds podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, Alexis Diaz did something awesome last night something that uh we haven't seen in baseball in a while overall and something we haven't seen the reds do in at least three years also we saw some good stuff from the outfield this year but should changes be made we'll get into why and where and why how and why not and if so and all of that coming up here in a bit. But before we get into all of that, we have got to talk about the awesomeness that was the final start of the season for Hunter Green because Hunter Green was able to put together a masterful six innings of eight strikeouts, beautiful stuff, and it was just more of what I've been seeing from Hunter Green ever since he came off the injured list, Steve. That fastball, he can locate it. And oh, buddy, that's a weapon. Well, you know, another another game where he only allowed one walk. I think that is the that is the biggest takeaway that I have is that the command that has developed in the second half of the season for him, where he is not walking guys, he's not issuing free passes, and uh, you know he's striking out a lot of guys along the way too. Yeah, and you're also looking at the fact that the home run is gone. It's not a thing anymore that you're really worried about with him because early on in the season, I mean, very vividly, I can close my eyes and see that start that he had in Milwaukee where he gave up five home runs in less than three innings pitched. Like, he was getting clobbered. Never seen a better definition of the word clobbered than that start that he had. But he has just taken that... And he's gotten rid of that out of his game because I even saw it last night. There was a, a long fly ball and I'm blinking on the guy who did it for the Cubs. Actually, uh, I think it was Alfonso Rivas hit a long fly ball that only went to the warning track. And I think that that was kind of like the sign. It's like, yes, Rivas isn't a power hitter. I get that. But at the same time, that was a home run three months ago. Oh, absolutely. You know, maybe maybe Hunter was just messing with us and has been trying to do his best uh, Mike Miner impersonation throughout the season. <laughs> and now that Mike Miner has gone, he's pitching better. And listen, I want to sidetrack you for just a second off of the rundown because you got to see something. I can't believe we didn't put this in the rundown. You got to see something at Great American Ballpark last night that never, ever happens. The Reds got Ian Happ out three times in a <laughs> row. 
three times, no, four times in a row. Four times in a row. Four times. Even he was better. the final out. Three is more than four is more than three. Jeff. <laughs> he he. Amazing. Yeah. There was a lot of things that I got to see that don't happen very often this season. Last night, the starting pitcher got a win. Like Hunter Green, forget about Hunter Green specifically. Reds starting pitchers have just been so boned by the fact they haven't got any run support this year. They've got so many no decisions. Like I can only imagine, and I know, like as far as like fans go, and as far as statistics go, we're really not talking that much about wins. You know who's talking about wins, Steve? Major League pitchers, Bronson Arroyo. Every time I talk to him about the game, he tells me about wins. Like I get it. We want to say that wins are not an important stat, but to a player, it is. And that's just the kind of thing. Like overall, the fact that he pitched so well and he gets that dub in his last start. That's got to feel amazing for him going into the offseason. Oh, absolutely. And listen, you alluded to to how he's pitched since coming back from the injury that he had there in August. And in that time, in his time back, including last night's start, he has 23 innings pitched. He's allowed 12 hits in those 23 innings. He's only given up two earned runs in those five starts. I think it is four starts, five starts. Since returning, two earned runs. Here's the winner, buddy. 37 strikeouts, seven bases on balls. Yeah, that is phenomenal. And I'm telling you how he's doing it because he hasn't developed a changeup yet. I think he probably throws about three changeups a game. It's because ever since he's been out, all of a sudden he can pinpoint that fastball. He puts it exactly where he wants to every time he throws it. He is able to drop it in there up in the zone. He's able to drop it low and on the corners and still hit it at 101. It's not as if he's dropping down to 95, 96, because I remember we had that chat after the Dodgers start early on in the season when it was just like, okay, he can locate the fastball, but at 95, 96, we aren't that enthused about that. Now he can locate it and it's at 101. And I, I find it interesting because. He was talking yesterday after the game. He talked about the these these four starts that he's had to finish off the season and the momentum that he goes into the offseason with and the work that he put in during his time off, his <clears throat> injury. Injury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the work that he put in during that time, and you could definitely tell that this is not a guy – that is ready to uh, kick back and, and maybe go to the golf course or something like that. Man, I, I put so much work in in that, that time off, and uh, to be able to see it pay off is, is always a good feeling. I think for any any um, you know athlete uh, person in general, um, you put that much work in, and uh, hope that it goes your way. Um, but um, I, you know, I'm, I'm never surprised when I go out there and I and I pitch well because of how hard I work. So um, just you know, really excited to. To take uh, everything into the offseason. There's still a lot more work to do, a lot of work. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm embracing that and uh, can't wait for next year. All right, Jeff. So, on the season, not counting any of his rehab work, uh, he put in 125 and two thirds innings pitched. I think that is exactly where the Reds wanted him to be. I think that's exactly where he needed to be. Here's the part I'm excited about. Those these last four starts where he has come back and appeared to maybe have turned a bit of a corner. I think 
that gives him so much material to work with now heading into the offseason. And the thing I take away the most about what he just said right there is he's ready to get to work. He's yeah. already looking to get to work. And I think that he's going to come back even better spring training opening day area than he's pitching right now. That was the thing that struck me about, and, and, and that whole interview that he had in the in the after the post game and all that stuff, is while he's standing there at his locker, watch his demeanor. And if you go back and you, you look up on YouTube, like his whole interview or something like that, I know that Bally Sports posts it on their YouTube page, but his demeanor is not. <sighs> the season's over. We're good. This is this is good. We ended well, or you know, I ended well personally. Not the team. The team didn't end well. I ended well. We're going into this off season feeling good. It's like no, like all right, here we go. This is what this is what we're doing tomorrow. This is what we're doing the day after that. This is our plan next week. This is what I'm doing in November. This is what I'm doing in December. Like I am so excited to see the 2023 version of Hunter Green because he's gonna take the experience he got this year. Did he finish in the top five of the rookie of the year? Like I thought he would No, but does that mean that I'm any less enthused about the future of Hunter green? Absolutely not. No, I think he's going to take that as motivation to come back better. I think the success that Nick Lodolo has had is yes. going to push Hunter green to work harder in the off season and, and, and really create that, which guy is going to be the ACE conversation heading into next season i know hunter green this was the finish we wanted for him he finished strong he's ready to put in the work and i agree with you jeff he will be even better in 2023 coming up as we begin to fix our eyes on the moves that the front office will need to make this offseason it makes me wonder is next year's outfield already on the team i don't know if i would bet on that but if you want to know what you should bet on, head over to betonline.net right now. Uh, they've got the Reds. Wait, that can't be right. Hang on. Checks notes. Oh, that is right. The Reds are favored in tonight's matchup with the Cubs. It must be because Luis Cast. No, that's not right either. It's Luis Sessa. At any rate, the Reds' money line is at negative 110 with Luis Sessa starting against the Cubs tonight. And the Reds are favored. I'm shocked. Jeff's shocked. We're all shocked. Jeff will tell you to take the over. I don't know what we're even doing. But if you're looking to find out what information you need for your next bet, you can head to betonline.net right now because betonline.net is your number one source for football betting, baseball betting, football information, baseball information. They have all of the sports. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. They have live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Are, are folks out there betting golf? I, I, I need to learn more about that. You can head to betonline.net. You can use your computer. You can use your mobile device. You will definitely learn more about where you should be betting your dollars. Uh, betonline.net has all of the information you need to make smart and informed bets because BetOnline is where the game starts. 
All right, coming up tomorrow, will we be talking about loss number 100? I don't know. Bet Online doesn't think so, but I think so with Luis Sessa starting for the Reds against the Cubbies today. All right, Jeff, I asked this as we transitioned out of that segment. The outfield uh, has been an interesting topic of conversation all season long, uh, but of late, pretty much since the All-Star break, the outfield has gotten interesting, uh, I think is the word that I would use. Uh, Is it a train wreck? Is it close? Is it got players in it right now that we can count on for 2023? What say you? I don't think so, Steve. I think that if they are going into this offseason thinking that they don't need to at least uh, dive into the market a little bit, and I'm not talking about going and getting, you know, a top flight dude like Aaron Judge is reportedly going to be a free agent. I don't think the Reds are even going to call him. I think that would be hilarious to even assume. Uh, But there are some dudes out there and shout out to Doug Gray, friend of the podcast, had a great article about this, looking at some of the dudes and like one of the names that popped out to me, a, a guy who you could get on a short term deal that is palatable to the sensibilities of the wallet of said Philip Castellini, uh, David Peralta, you can get a guy like that to man the corner outfield, Adam Duvall is a free agent this off season. Here's the thing of it though. I think that you're creating platoons with the guys that you currently have, because I don't necessarily look at any one of these guys that we have seen and say that they're everyday outfielders and that I know that right now. So I don't know if the days of an everyday, everyday guy, yeah. Are, are still something we should be looking at because I mean, there are going to be superstars that play every day, no matter if it's a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher, no matter what's going on. There's, there are those guys. Keyword superstar. However, we don't have a whole lot of those guys. So you are going to be looking at pl- platoons and playing the righty lefty splits. Listen, Jeff, right now there are three players on the reds active roster position players with an OPS plus of 100 or better, according to baseball reference. Those three guys are TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, and Stuart Fairchild. Those are your three guys that are over 100 league average or better. So if you augment them with the opposite handed bat and you just rotate guys through, I think you create a situation where you have a really good outfield outfielders that can play defense and outfielders that can hit because you're playing them to their strengths. Listen, there's guys that are going to be on this roster that aren't going anywhere. I'm talking about guys like Nick Senzel. They can't trade him. They're not going to cut him. He's not going to be making a ton of money. They're going to keep him around. Aristides Aquino has probably played himself into at least a spring training look, which Mm. makes me crazy because he just gets chance after chance after chance. But all of these guys are placeholders, Jeff, because what we're waiting on is to see what the youth movement results in. Uh, Is Reese Hines going to be your right fielder by the end of 2023? If not, he will be to start 2024. Mm. Is Matt McClain going to be moved to outfield in Arizona during the fall league? and then look to take a spot in center field for the Reds in 2023, I think that's a strong possibility. So I think all of these guys are role players and fillers. And I just can't see the Castellinis being willing to go out and spend money for what we all recognize are fillers and placeholders. It's funny because, and you mentioned Aristides Aquino, and, and what was it we were texting about during the game? 
Oh, the longest the longest tenured Reds on the active roster right now. That that's an interesting conversation. And it's probably one we'll dive into a little bit deeper on another episode. But yeah, just if for Aristides Aquino's sake, for those who are not aware, Aristides Aquino is the fourth longest tenured member of the Cincinnati Reds. Bonkers. Let that sink. Let that sink in for a minute. Uh, but, Bonkers. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I do think that he has played himself into a longer audition, but audition still remains the key word. I think all of these guys have unlocked another level of audition. Like if we want to turn this into a baseball video game, they are on to the next level of audition, but they are not on to the level of, yes, you're our guy. Like I don't look at Jake Fraley and think that he's our guy. I think that he's a very streaky guy. He had mm -hmm. some really good streaks and he had some really bad streaks this year. So can he avoid that? Can he become more consistent? TJ Friedel, the same way, like that power was there for like a week. And then it kind of went away and I love what I see from Stuart Fairchild, but we've barely seen enough of Stuart Fairchild to know what we know and know what we don't know. So there's a lot of, okay, could they play more next year? Sure. But there's also the question of development and kind of like you mentioned with Reese Hines and Matt McLean and things like that. We're not going to count on Matt McLean to be ready to be the opening day center fielder. I think what we can count on is signing one or two veteran guys from the free agent list and installing them to the lineup and giving this roster some room to breathe. It hasn't had room to breathe since the trade deadline because so, so everything wanna, that they've had. You want a Tommy Pham like signing then. You want a, a mid-level corner outfielder that can keep the grass warm, keep the seat warm, and then you can flip him at the all-star break if he's having some success, or you can keep him around until such time as you don't need him. That's what that's the that's the play you want. Exactly. I'm not saying we're signing a guy for two to three years. I'm saying maybe one or two, maybe one with like a team option or something like that. I mean, that makes sense because you know we talk about some of these guys, Jeff. Michael Ciani, you hit the nail on the head. He, I, I have no idea who he is. Uh, he right. hasn't shown us anything to warrant being excited about him playing next year other than he plays a decent outfield position uh, when he's in the outfield. I don't know. Uh, the verdict's still very, very out on whether or not he's going to be able to hit major league pitching. Right. So for me, uh, you know, it's not a bad idea. I just have a hard time believing that that's where the Castellinis are going to put the dollars. I, I still think right. the dollars are going towards bullpen and backup catcher. I can't see that there's going to be a lot left over to bring in some outfielders as well. And I think that there's going to be a point in the offseason when we're looking at potential moves, when we're looking at rumors and, and, and people who could be attached to the Reds and free agency and things like that. And we're going to need to apply a disclaimer so that we're not literally repeating ourselves 100 million times throughout the offseason is that, yes, we have some good ideas as to what the Reds should do. And we're a little bit worried as to what the Reds won't do, which is anything at all, because that comes from the top and the top has shown us that honestly, whatever the plan is, we're going to know as soon as they do it, because they haven't stuck with any one plan for multiple years. Um, pretty much since they took over Ever. the team. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's circle back to TJ Friedel for just a minute because we were I was mentioning, you know, he's one of three players on the active roster uh, OPS plus 100 or better. In fact, his OPS plus according to baseball reference is 
100. He's exactly league average. For comparison's sake, you know, for a player that everybody loved and we can compare him to, that's the exact same OPS plus that Tyler Naquin had before he was traded to the Mets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, you know, as a useful fourth outfielder adjusted for handedness bat. Speed. Uh, he's pretty good in the field. You like his arms so much that he hits the cutoff, man. He's not going to be Aristides Kino and gun down guys at home plate, but he knows what he can do and he knows what he can't do. And he's never going to do the whole, I'm going to throw it home. And then all of a sudden it ends up like in between third base and home plate. And then the guy scores and two (laughs) other guys come around to score because where on earth did that ball go? But I think that TJ Friedel is right there where you say, like, I, 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 want to see more from him. I've been very pleasantly surprised because he was a guy that did not come off of any top prospect list when he was called up. So I'm looking forward to seeing what more he can give in 2023, but I, he's still not a guy that like, I don't look at any one of these guys and say in a world, let's assume for a minute that the reds are going to be active in free agency. And in a world where they are, and they sit down, they look at a free agent list and they talk to some guys and there's some guys who are interested and they look at their current roster. There's not one guy on that list that I say, well, because we have TJ Friedel or because we have Stuart Fairchild, I'm not going to make a move. No, that's probably fair. And the, and, and you've, you've turned me around a little bit just with the course of this conversation in that maybe I could see them going and getting one guy on a Tommy fam like deal to just augment this group because they're, this group is lacking like one more right-handed bat. I think they need to go out and get somebody that can, can play fairly regular right-handed bat veteran leadership, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And somebody they might have the opportunity to flip if Matt McClain does become an everyday outfielder in Cincinnati. If Reese Hyde suddenly has a power surge and shows up in Cincinnati, they can get some value from that guy uh, as well. You know who I'm thinking? Adam Duvall. Because he's right-handed. He's got some pop, too. I'd love to see that. And that's going to just drive some batting average nuts crazy because he's not going to have a good batting average. Anyway, I'll tell you what. There was something amazing last night, and we got to get into it because it was Alexis Diaz. He did something last night that hasn't been done by a Red in two seasons, and he probably clinched a statistic that hasn't been done in like 30 years in all of Major League Baseball. We'll talk about the accomplishments of one Alexis Diaz coming up next. But first, I wanted to let you know, you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching us, make sure that you're subscribed and you click that bell to get notified whenever we go live, whenever we have a brand new premiere and things like that. We got the chance we were live on Monday. If you missed that, it's a great opportunity to get in the comments section and uh, just let your feelings be known and also ask us some questions too, because we love answering questions and kind of talking about what it is that you're looking to talk about. We're going to do that a lot more as the off season goes along. Plus you can follow us on Twitter for takes in between episodes. So you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at lockdown reds. And that doesn't have any F's in it. All right, Steve. Alexis Diaz, probably my next Jersey purchase, depending on what kind of deal I can find at Reds Fest. He has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm, I'm trying to think of exactly how we can create an epic entrance for him next year, because he definitely deserves it. He's doing some things we haven't seen. Namely, he got his 10th save of the season. Steve, did you know it's been since 2019 since any one Cincinnati red has had double digit saves. 
Well, clearly he is going to be the winner of the Heath Hembray Pitching Award for the 2022 <laughs> baseball season. Um, Did they no, name listen. it after him? Oh, uh, so Listen, listen. <laughs> you know, for a pitcher that was a rookie, got off to not a great start. I mean, it wasn't a horrible start, but he had to learn as he went. He had to continue to develop and get better. Uh and to look at his numbers now and see where he's come from the first outing of his career to where he's at now playing for a train wreck of a baseball team, <laughs> I think he has had an amazingly successful rookie campaign here in Cincinnati. It's hilarious to look at. Like, they were just so close to being a playoff team last year, and they didn't have one dude get 10 saves. And now this year, where they're flirting with 100 losses, they almost had a chance to be the most losses in a 162-game season. Now they get the double-digit saves. Like, that save, the save statistic is hilarious. And we want to talk about hilarious stats. By the way, he leads the Reds in wins, which, again, that's not really something we do to measure pitchers' worth anymore. But there's a little bit of quirkiness with that stat, Steve. There is. And shout out to our friend, friend of the podcast, friend of all baseball fans everywhere, Joel Luckup. Uh, he provided this stat. Uh, leading a team in wins and saves in a full season. Now, it happened in 2020, but that season really doesn't count for anything. Uh, it's no. way too wonky. In a full season of play, the last time that a pitcher led their team in both wins and saves was 1992 when Doug Jones did it for the Houston Astros. So we're talking about 30 years of baseball uh, before Jones. that particular feat uh, reoccurred. I think uh, tops on the list. Okay, maybe not top. Maybe like top five, like you totally made that name up of all time, Doug Jones. Um, no, no, no. I know he was a real guy. but oh, He's a real guy, man. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> But no, no, no. That, yeah, that was a great stat from Joel. Like, it's it's crazy to think that, yes, I mean, there, there's no shot. I mean, nobody else is going to take the win total from him. He's got more wins than anybody else. And obviously, nobody's going to take the saves from him because he's going to get the saves from here on out, which is two more games. Uh, but then whenever we come back next year. But he has been so phenomenal steven i know that last night was not his best effort there were guys on base there was a run that was scored on him in that weird double play that ended the game which uh, i don't know if you caught that the way that the reds ended the game was kind of strange i think you could probably count on one hand the number of times that you saw a double play to end the game that ended in a tag not a force out but yeah, anyway, that was that was weird in and of itself. But I love the profile that he has built. He's got a fastball. He's got a slider. He's coming at you, period. Last night, he was a little bit off on the command. His fastball was sailing up a little bit too high on him. Might have been, you know, hey, it's kind of cold. It's cooling down. Didn't really do a lot of pitching and save situations in cold weather for the Reds early on this season because, well, when you go 3-22, and 22, there's not really any save situations to be had. But... The way that he pitches just tracks so well for a top flight reliever. And I'm not saying I want him to only be the ninth inning guy, but I do want there to be an epic entrance. I don't care if it's the eighth inning. I don't care if it's the seventh inning and he's coming in with like bases loading two outs. I want there to be some kind of epic entrance, like 
freaking like imperial march stormtroopers coming out of the bullpen and he's walking up to the mound and there's just oh the, you okay, would I go straight to star wars oh my what? god but listen it's on. gonna be hard for him to top what his brother does and that electric yeah. atmosphere in a full stadium in new york for the Mets so and I mean and I know that's what we want I want that too every time he comes into a game you know the full stadium part's gonna be hard that's gonna be hard but every time he comes into a game it's like you know you see his brother come into the game and you've got the trumpets and you've got everybody's jumping around and everybody's losing their mind and then like his brother comes into the game and you've got like one dude with a sparkler standing off at the side. <laughs> right. It, it does. It will Something take needs away to be done. Him. We do. This needs to be our yeah. off season mission. Jeffrey, we need to come up with a way to boost his entrance cred. Yes. We have to do that. Yeah. And, and by the way, Edwin Diaz entrance has become just a sensation on TikTok as well. I don't, I think that's like another level. We got to figure out first to make it epic. And then second, can it be TikTok worthy? But mm-hmm. e- even so, th- th- that epic entrance, the Reds need to be getting it ready because Alexis Diaz is the best dude they got in this bullpen. He's going to be the best dude they have in the bullpen next year because I don't envision them going out and signing a top. Like, I think Rysel Iglesias is a free agent, but he ain't walking through that door. So get so. that out of your mouth right now. <laughs> Mr. Horribly no, Wrong can go someplace else. <laughs> It's Alexis Diaz, baby. He is the top dog in this bullpen. And I tell you what, that's how we're going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Steve, I love Alexis Diaz. That's just the best way to end it. I know you do, Jeff. I know you do. And he's very he there, he's a fun pitcher. He's a fun pitcher to watch. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about all of those things. Thanks so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now go over and make the Locked On MLB podcast your second listen. Because MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective. And I bet he loves Alexis Diaz too. He brings that perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around, around the league. Sully can help us pick an entrance for alexis diaz i'm pretty sure that could happen Uh, if you want to follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb head over to the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcasts and click that subscribe button all right jeff a couple more games to go we're not going to get to 102 probably going to get to 100 tomorrow with luis sessa but what can the people count on from us the rest of the way and all throughout the offseason and count on us to keep them up to date on what the Reds should do this offseason, what they're likely to do this offseason, and how on earth Alexis Diaz is going to get that elite entrance in a great American ballpark, his first save opportunity of 2023, because we are locked on Reds every single day.